Perfect. Thank you, Kobe, for coming on the show. And yes. um, why don't you kind of give a little bit of background, maybe, maybe, I don't know, let's start with like YouTube, maybe like, when did you make your first YouTube video? <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I made my first YouTube video when I was uh, in 2016. I was a junior in high school. And people always ask me, what did I do to my hair? Like, what products did I use? All that stuff. So I was like, and I got kind of got sick of answering the question. And so I figured, like, if I make a video, I can uh, just send people the link. And now I don't have to keep answering the same question over and over and over again. Um, and so that's what I did. And so I made the first video. And then I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. You know, like, I like this. Then I made another one. And I was like. Yeah, I think I could keep doing this. And I made another one. And I made another one. And then I was like, well, I'm doing this now. You know, until so that was <laughs> that was the first video. It pains me to watch it. <laughs> so bad. But uh, well, that means you put it out in time. Yeah. If, it, if it was perfect, right. you might have taken too long. Exactly. Yeah. Perfection, yep. you know, stunts a lot of growth, I would say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I always I'm always like I'm always like, just do it. The first one's always going to be bad. That's my thing. Because otherwise you get held up, you know, trying to make it perfect. I see so many influencers or aspiring influencers doing that. Um, and they just, they never get anywhere because they're always filming it and then they delete it. Or they never post mm. it because, oh, I don't think it was good enough. Didn't get enough likes. Enough, you know. Didn't get enough right. comments. Yeah. So you, I think you talk a little bit about being kind of, you know, a couple thousand subscribers and then. You know, kind of going to 6,000 or so, like, maybe walk us through, maybe how did that happen? How did you go from zero to your first 2,000 or so? And then what, what, what was different about maybe, you know, video length or something yeah, like yeah. this? So, watch time. originally what happened was I started making these videos just for fun. Then I started to realize, like, oh, wow, this could actually, like, make you some money. This could grow. Like, this could actually be a thing, like, not just a hobby, you know? And so I um, just kept making video, videos. One of the things that I wasn't doing though was being strategic about like how people were gonna find my videos because that's what I wanted ultimately for people to find my videos. So I was, I was just making videos and uploading them. So I started like to do some research and figure out like, okay, how do I get my videos found? You know, and the big thing for YouTube is they reward uh, watch time. The longer you can keep somebody on the platform, the more money they make. And so they're gonna reward you for doing so. So uh, there was a time where I was at like 2,000 subscribers <clears throat> and I was stuck at 2,000 for a really long time. And what I ended up doing was I ended up saying, okay, uh, well, there was this one video that I made and it was a chit chat video. And I was just doing my hair and I was just talking, literally just talking <laughs> about random stuff, about life, school, random stuff. and. Um, that video was like 20 minutes and before all my videos were like five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, but this one video was like 22 minutes and, um, you know, it, it did really well. It was doing really well. It pa surpassed all my videos. It was the highest view video on my channel for a while. And I'm like, and I was like, what is, why is this video so doing so well? And one of the things that I realized was, um, this there's this business coach and I'm in her Facebook group. I guess I think that's how she found me. Um, but her name is Vanessa Lau, and she DM'd me on Instagram and she was like, "Hey, I watched your video and literally you're so entertaining. Like I don't even have curly hair and I watched the whole thing." And I was, 
I was just like, oh, thank you, you know. But then she was telling me, like, you know, you really have the ability to keep an audience's attention. And she's like, I think that's a gift that you should, like, use. So I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, uh, how can I use that? And I'm like, well, YouTube rewards watch time. Uh, and people are watching longer because I'm making longer videos. I'm like, let me just keep making long videos. So that's what I kept doing. And my sure. watch time literally grew so, literally I was at like, I think it's minutes, but I think I was at like 300,000 minutes of watch time at like 6,000 subscribers in a month in the 30 day time span. And I'm like, there are influencers who have 60,000 subscribers whose number don't, numbers don't look like that. And so it, it was just insane. But then I realized like, okay, well, this is what's working. This is what's, this is what's gonna keep working. Let me keep doing that. And then now I'm at a point, I just hit 10,000 subscribers a couple of weeks ago. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm realizing that um, the watch time is still there. I'm still as entertaining as I was. But one of the things that I'm realizing now is my click-through rate is really low because I haven't been putting as much time as I used to into my thumbnails, making them look attractive, right? Huh. Making people want to click on them. And so that's something that I'm working on now. It's like really spending a little bit more time on my thumbnails so that people see it and they click on it. Like they want to click on it. So YouTube's tracking click-through rate of the actual thumbnail. Like if someone's looking for a curly hair video oh, yeah. and there's a bunch. Yes, yeah, so they know. You're impressed by like the 10 videos, but if they pass over yours, you're kind of like, well, uh, yes. Yeah. So YouTube, are you dinged for like not having a click through rate? No, no, based no. On no, you're not really. You're not dinged. But if people don't click on your video, then how are they gonna watch it? And because they're not clicking on, if if they're not clicking on the video, there's so many more videos now than there used to be. You know, and so I'm fighting. I'm competing. And so sometimes the views go down because people aren't watching the video. Now when they're on the video, they're staying. I got them saying, you know, but they gotta, I got to get them to the video because there's so many options now. There's so much competition out there. Um, that's something that's important. And YouTube does track the click-through rate. It's not really what they reward you for, but it does play a part in that, in that like, algorithm because they, um, they know how many impressions your video has. They know how many people swipe past your video. They know how many times they showed somebody your video, mm -hmm. you know. And so if they're um, – that number being low just kind of indicates to me that like, wow, if my click-through rate was big higher, maybe 200 more people a month would have clicked on a video that they saw of mine. And it's funny what happened because like I told you that twist out video was the one that the really long one was the one that was the most viewed video on my channel. That's changed now. Hmm. One of my older videos that had a better thumbnail is um. now my most viewed video wow. yeah and so and so all these things just kind of happen i'm like oh, so i really have to pay attention to both of these like the keys are just to get somebody there and then to keep them there you know and i was able to keep them there but i got to get them there first you know for them to stay so that's one of the things that i'm working now is like really like just studying like what i'll do is like if i have an idea for a video i'll look that video idea up search it and um then filter it by uh by most popular or the most what video has the most views and pay attention to those thumbnails and just make something similar makes sense yeah because that's what people are clicking on so yeah what about <clears throat> editing and equipment like what do you shoot with are you doing your own editing do you have people doing that so right now i am working um right now i'm i have i use a i have two uh box lights that i have i have a ring light too but i took a film class this past 
semester and uh, we learned about lighting as well. I learned that there are different lighting. Is that all it is, is lighting? Is that the... Honestly, the lighting has so much to do with the quality of the video. Yeah. Like, literally, people say, oh my god, your, your video is so good. What camera are you using? And I'm like, I'm just using the Canon G7X. It's a little point-and-shoot camera, typically used for vlogs. And people are like, your video looks better than my video, and I'm using a Canon 5D. You know, Mark? Uh, and so, I'm like... Uh, lighting you know the lighting is us making this look so good um and so uh so yeah lighting plays a really really big role like my camera i'm using a 600 dollars camera but the lighting it just looks really good so it looks like it's a lot more um so i get that question like a lot like multiple times a month people are like what camera do you use and they're surprised when i'm like i'm just using the point and shoot you know um but yeah so that's the camera i use now when it comes to like editing and stuff like that um, right now, I am currently editing my videos because I had to learn a lesson. Uh, so, so I thought, you know, and this is just taking opinions from mom and, you know, people who haven't really been there, done that, you know. Um, I thought that you just, you know, people always say, oh, well, if this is taking too much time, just hire somebody else to do it. It's not that easy to do, sure. you know, like, so what I did was I found this editor, video editor, and I just paid him for a video and the video was terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, <laughs> it was so bad. My dog probably could have edited that video. Yeah, you know, like just didn't I, work. Yeah, and and so I was like, I probably should have looked at his work first before I, you know. But in my head, I was just thinking, okay, if I pay you and I send you my video, it's edited now. You know, it's like, nah, I probably should have asked for some of his work, check to see if it's even good. You know, and so. Yeah. So right now I'm still editing my video. Currently looking for another editor. Yeah. No, that makes <laughs> but, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now I am. And so, like, what kind of like audience do you think you have? Is it United States? Is it you know key cities? So the beauty of YouTube um, is that they show you all that stuff. So it is mine is majority. It's my eighty four percent male, and then the rest female, and then. Um, majority is in the u.s and then a lot of my uh other audiences are in like countries in africa and then there's also a lot of countries in um europe so <laughs> that's where most of my audience is um but definitely like i think the last time i checked it was like 60 or 70 percent u.s how does the u.s part kind of break down um, so that I'm not really sure. And I don't really know if you can, like, I know on Instagram, it will show me like by state, and by, mm -hmm. you know, but on YouTube, I'm not sure if it does that. I have to check on my computer though, because the computer, you're, you can access more on the computer version of the back end than my, than on the phone version. But I'm always checking stuff on the phone version because I can reply to comments on that one. <laughs> so I'm always on that one. So I gotta, I gotta check, uh, what kind of that. schedule are you on? Like, do you post like every day or you post every week? Uh, twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. How did you decide on that? Um, so there was a, well, I knew, I knew that now because there's so much content out there and so, so much content being put out there, um, I knew that once a week was uh, not optimal. And then, so there was a point in time where I was posting two videos a week and I was growing a lot. Like, I went from like growing a hundred subscribers a month, subscribers a month, 200 subscribers a week. And that was off of two videos a week. And then um, there was a point in time where I was posting more than that, like three, four, five videos a week. And it was surprisingly 
giving me the same results as I was doing two a week. And so I was like, yep, let me just come back to two a week. And even this past December, I did Vlogmas. Um, for the beginning of Vlogmas and the end of Vlogmas, in the middle, I got sick and it just was not happening. <laughs> but there in the beginning of Vlogmas and the end of Vlogmas, and same thing, it gave me the same results as if I was doing two videos a week. I just chose to do two videos a week. I mean, the views kind of go up and I guess the AdSense goes up a little bit when I do two videos a week, but I noticed that um, there are certain videos that will do like exponentially well. When I do two videos a week, where when I'm doing seven, the quality of all of them comes down and so it kind of makes the results, I think, come down as well, so. What about like, uh, I guess, offline opportunities from YouTube? Like, have you, I don't know, do, you get, do people see you and they know you? Or are there like, you know, just random like followers you're like? Yeah. So that happens, so that happens sometime on campus, like at Old Dominion University. Um, there are some people on campus who are like, oh, hey, I watch your YouTube video. Some people are literally like, I'm at ODU because of you. I'm like, oh, ODU needs to cut me a check at this point, you know? Yeah, it sounds <laughs> but, like it. But, um, but there are some, uh, in New York, it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. In New York specifically, and I, I'm, I, I'm in New York often because all my family lives there. But um, yeah, it happens in New York. Like yeah. literally, I, I was in New York one time and, and I made this video, this one video. It was, might have been last winter or it might have been two winters ago. I made this video where I was doing my hair in the snow. It like it was snowing a lot. And I was doing my hair outside and it was freezing. It was cold. And you could tell in the video. And people in New York, when I was in New York, people were like, oh my God, you're the snow guy. You're the snow guy. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know. But, um, but yeah, but in New York, it happens. I guess most of my audience is in New York. I don't know. But that. That's really the only place that it happens is in New York and on campus um, at this point. What about like, uh, I guess, conferences and just like networking? Where do, where do you go to, I guess, grow your network or like just be around like like-minded creators? Yeah, so um, definitely on YouTube. And this is actually a really cool way to get your foot in the door with other influencers. Um, definitely um, going to like industry events so like the VidCons and BeautyCons and Vid Summit. Well, if you're in beauty, BeautyCon, uh, Vid Summit, Playlist Live. Um, uh, what's another one? Uh, there's like Gen Beauty, um, Curl Fest. Uh, Curl Fest is always a big one for me. Uh, and uh, because what you get to do is you get to go there and you get to meet these people in person and like you just don't know who you're gonna bump into mm -hmm. you know so like i might be at ten thousand subscribers and i bump into someone who has a hundred thousand and we just hit it off really well in person and like if i would have dm them i might not have heard anything back respond. you know because they're they're <laughs> 10 times bigger than me but because now we have a personal relationship now that leads me to them introducing me to their friends who are also at 100 200 300 thousand and like, so then those relationships kind of like spiral into a network of people who are like ahead of you and 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 yeah so so being at those live events uh for the networking really helps in that respect but then also in terms of like networking with brands you get to uh how i have to say is you get to make someone like you you know like the pr person at the main choice which they were the fastest growing hair care company last year um 
going there and, and being able to meet them in person and introduce yourself and then like they like you and you exchange information or you hand them a business card and next thing you know you're on their PR list they're sending you products all the time and then they cut you a check for a brand deal yep. and you know so, so that's been really cool like that networking part of it and I think so many so many people influencers have like don't really pay attention to that part because they do their job from behind the computer you know and so um, but I definitely think like getting out there and and meeting people in the industry definitely helps out a lot, especially if you're smaller trying to get your foot in the door because <clears throat> you can meet some like like for example, there's this um, at this past BeautyCon, <clears throat> uh, there's this girl her name is Supa, S U P A, and she um, has like I think two million followers on Instagram right now, big 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 time influencer, and she started her own makeup line called the Crayon Case. Well, she was a speaker at BeautyCon, but the thing about her, she's like, the rest of these people are going to be too fancy to go out in the audience. I'm going to go out in the audience and have a camera guy record my interactions with my subscribers because that's content that I'm posting. And so she comes out in the audience and she meets people and she hit it off with my friend Kale. I was telling you about earlier. She hit it off with my friend Kale. And now Kale is Kale and all of Kale's friends because they were together. There's a group of like six of them. All of them, she flew all of them out to New Orleans to do this big campaign for back to school for the crayon case, her makeup company. All because he met her in person and she, she was just like, I like you. Yeah. You know? So, and like that all happens because she was there and he was there. And yeah. So, I think going to these events are great because you just never know who you're going to meet. That's a good point. Yeah. What do you think about, um, I guess, like brand deals, like for yourself? You thinking like, agency manager down the line do you want to keep doing it on your own um what's like uh your next step you think yeah i think potentially um picking up an agent some of that sort uh just to kind of outsource that task is is ideal i definitely think i would want to um so like for right now i'm i have a for those who don't know i have a candle company right now what i'm working on with that is is taking my hands off of as many of the operations for that as possible, just because it's not something that I'm super passionate about, but it is something that I've built and it is an asset that I have under my belt. And so I've had this conversation with advisors like Nancy and Mallory and them tons of times and they're all like- You've had Nancy on like, as a guest. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like, dude, don't don't stop don't just let it go because i was like hey i don't want to do this you know but they're like just don't let it go because this is an asset that you have built you know you spent five years building this thing and so they were like the thing is just you don't need to be the one doing it you know because i tell people all the time i love talking about my company i will talk your head off about art and candle company but i'm not gonna i just not, i'm not super passionate about making them or you know doing all that stuff and so um right now i'm working with a couple people to find um, you know, manufacturers who can make the product and a fulfillment center who can ship the products. And so um, I can get my hands off of as many of those operations so that I can put a lot of my focus into a new project that I'm working on launching probably next year. <clears throat> For sure. Um, what kind of like, I mean, you, you kind of already answered the question when I was thinking like, I mean, because it's not a lot of people making YouTube content like in maybe like an everyday world. Maybe if you were in LA, every, yeah, yeah. maybe there's everyone on your, yeah. your building. I mean, there's these crazy stories of certain creators that lived in the same building type of thing, but like, yeah. or like Vine even. But um, uh, what, I mean, how do you kind of handle that from like remote? Like, how do you keep fresh, you know, just like having mentors or advisors or people that are 
kind of making content that maybe aren't necessarily you know living on the same street as you like you could just go to to a department and get advice from someone on like what classes to take but you can't necessarily go and get yeah, yeah. advice on like thumbnails and right, you know right, right. captions yeah. and so that is actually a really hard part of it because you have a lot of and i'm sure you can relate you go to a lot of, of business networking events so not industry networking events for people who they are into influencer marketing and into, but you go to more like these business events and you know and nobody gets it nobody you know yeah you know nobody gets it and so um it's hard to find a mentor when they don't even know what you're doing, what you're talking about, you know. And so that has definitely been a challenge. It's like a lot of this, a lot of these hurdles and stuff. I'll either have to bump into them myself and figure out how to get over them, or sometimes I can like reach out to some of those influencer friends who you know have been in the game a little bit longer than me or a couple steps ahead of me. Um, in acts like for example, um, I had to reach out to my friend Nia because I was like, Nia, this brand reached out to me. Their proposal, like this campaign that they need help with, I don't want to work on. Mm -hmm. I do want to work with the brand in the future. I just don't want to work on this campaign. How do I turn them down without being like, nope, don't talk to me ever again? You know, like, yeah. you know, and I really had no clue. Like, I didn't even know where to start with it because I'm like, okay, this is a brand I want to work with, but I just not on this, you know? And so, so she was able to kind of guide me through. She sent me a, a sample email that she had of turning her brain down. And, you know, it was pretty simple. Just, hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Appreciate, you know, you uh, reached out to me and wanted to work with me. I um, uh, wish you guys great success on this, uh, you know, campaign. Unfortunately, I am not, uh, you know, interested in working on this specific project with you guys, but I would love to chat about future collaborations. I think that's um, good. That's gold. You know, like, yeah. And I'm like, I would not have thought of that. Yeah, no, that's gold. Cool. I wouldn't have, you know, but it's because a, she's done skill. it, you know, um, yeah, she was able, she was able to help me out with that. But like, stuff like that, it's like, it's hard to find like, you know, people in that space who can help you. And so I just kind of lean on those relationships that I've built, you know, through like meeting people at events and things like that. And so, I guess, we covered a lot. I mean, I was thinking, you know, more just like, you know, creation wise, like, I mean, what's like the hardest thing, I guess, about just creating? I mean, it seems like you don't have a problem putting content out. Um, is there anything else that, you know, I guess if someone's trying to get started, like what kind of advice would you have for them? Yeah. So big, biggest advice that and I see this all the time is just not getting caught up on it being perfect because anything creative will never, ever be perfect, you know? ever <laughs> you know um you're gonna you're you might post something and then a year from now your skills have expanded and now this is a piece of trash literal trash you know like it'll never be perfect with creative and so i just recommend people just to put it out there you know create something film a video film a, a, a tutorial film a whatever edit it and just put it out there you know whether it's good to you or bad to you, somebody's going to judge it. So don't be scared of that. You know, like that's that's like the biggest hurdle that I've seen so many people. I, I get so many people personally who are like, yeah, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I don't know what to do. Make a video. Put your phone on some boxes because that's what I did. Put, put your phone on some boxes. Sit in front of the camera. Press record. Film a video. Put it in the editing software. Edit it up real quick and upload it. 
Just do it. Like, that's what you have to do. But then people are like, oh, I don't have to write this. I don't have to write that. Well, you don't want it bad enough then. Because I started with my, people are like, oh, I, I just, I would have to record on my phone. What's wrong with that? That's what I did. My friend Ruby grew her channel to 27,000 subscribers from her iPhone. Wow. Before she ever bought a camera. You know? Like. I'm on the same it's, page. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, just create. That. <laughs> That's the biggest tip for getting started. Just create. Just do it. Yeah. Where can everyone follow you? Where can they uh, subscribe to your channel? Um, so my channel on YouTube is at Kobe Lomax. K-O-B-Y-L-O-M-A-X. Um, I'm also Kobe Lomax on Instagram. So you can find me there as well. Um, my YouTube channel is all about like, curly hair videos, tips, strategy. Uh, not, not strategy. But tips, techniques, and product reviews, tutorials, things like that. Um, then on my Instagram is just kind of a, a behind the scenes of all that. So I just kind of show like my life and having a YouTube channel and running a business and being a college student and having a dog and all that. That's kind of what my Instagram is all about. So it's perfect. Yeah. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Yeah, yeah. No Thank problem. you for doing no this.